Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. There were two major conventions that SRG Universe had a presence at. The first was Kineticon in Hartford, Connecticut. That was a four-day convention, although most things happened Friday through Sunday. Not a lot of news out of Kineticon. There were some 24-7 matches. The balloon belt was there, but not much there. The other convention taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, was Southern Fried Gaming Expo. We had a lot go on at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. The big thing that I talked about last week was the match card Friday night. The first match on the match card Friday night was a match for the ACCW Tornado Tag Team Championship. Brian Lee, the champion with the Dangerous Alliance, would face the winner of the Tornado Tag Team number one contender event that took place earlier that day. So let me give you. What I have on that event, there were 12 players. They cut to a top six with the eventual winner of the tournament playing as Jupiter and Neptune, one half of the Mop Boys Piglet. Now, I already said that the champion was Brian Lee, so this is a Mop Boy versus Mop Boy match. It goes all the way to crowd meter zero. It's a very short match. The winner... After just a few turns, still ACCW Tornado Tag Team Champion, Brian Lee, congratulations to him for retaining and winning the opening match of the match card. The next match of the night, the ACCW Underworld Championship. The champion, Rob Britt with Lucky Cat Nico, faces a mystery opponent. The mystery opponent ends up being his own son who I believe is named Adam Britt, playing as Big Bad Bobby D. They did not announce the son's name very often. They just kept saying, you know, it's Rob Britt's son. So I believe his name is Adam Britt. This is also a short match, ending at crowd meter zero, with Mr. Britt, Adam Britt, emerging as the new champion. He defeats his father and becomes the new ACCW Underworld Champion. Congratulations to Adam Britt. That brings us to the Deep South Tag Team Championship match. A 60-minute Ironman match. The champions are the team known as House Arrest, Chugonomics, and Prince Butters. The challengers are the Mop Boys, Piglet, and Brian Lee. Piglet and Brian Lee, the Mott Boys, chose this 60-minute Iron Man stipulation. They used the tag team crowd meter. And essentially what happens is both teams play for 60 minutes. Whoever scores the most pinfalls wins the match. When a pinfall is scored, both players involved in the pinfall clear. The crowd meter does not go up. It only goes up on breakouts. The match starts off with House Arrest, the champions, 
getting the first fall at Crowd Meter 2. The champions, by the way, Chugonomics with Venus, Prince Butters with Uranus. For the Mop Boys, Piglet with the Big Shot, Brian Lee with Snake Pit. House Arrest starts off hot, but the story ends up being the Mop Boys. The Mop Boys win two more falls at Crowd Meter 2, and then they go on to win another five falls at Crowd Meter 7. So I believe it ends up eight falls to one. The Mop Boys clear victory and new Deep South Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to them. They believed the team of Snake Pit and the Big Shot would do well in this format, and the results prove them right. Congratulations to them. The final match on the Friday Night Match Card, the Deep South Championship, the champion, Big Bad Bobby D, playing as himself, takes on Practicite, playing as Dizzy Derailed, this match was announced as a Psycho Rules match, but on the day was changed to a Psycho Circus match. No idea why that happened. The story of this match was pretty much Dizzy Derailed, helmed by Practicite, dominating the majority of the match. But at Crowd Mini Zero, Big Bad Bobby D is able to hit a finish and retain. He remains the Deep South Champion. Congratulations to him. That was Friday. Saturday. A couple things happened on Saturday. There's a Cosmic Crusader draft. I believe six players. The top cut is four players. We have Bob Dunn playing as Venus. Take on John Pardis playing as Mars. And Shen Bowmaker playing as Mercury. Take on Dustin Smith as Jupiter. Mr. Bowmaker and Mr. Pardis win their matches, so they face off in the finals. No stipulation. And at Crowd Meter Zero, John Pardis with Mars takes the victory. He then faces the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar playing as the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar. And the Uberstar takes the victory. I don't know what that has to do with the event. But that's what happened. John Pardis wins the event, but loses in a follow-up match to the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar. The ACCW Heavyweight Championship is defended Saturday. The champion, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, playing as El Superombre, takes on the challenger, Downriver Drew, playing as Jay White. As far as I know, this match went to at least crowd meter one. On the version I watched, there was no sound past a certain point. I determined that it was at least crowd meter one because when one player hit their finish and rolled the finish roll, the other player did not attempt to break out, which tells me the finish roll had to be over 10 because that's the only way there would be no ability for the opponent to kick out. Meaning that at crowd meter, at least one, with a roll of 11 or greater, the winner, still champion, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams. Congratulations to him for his victory. The final match at Southern Fried Gaming Expo Saturday that I'm aware of is the grudge match. Piglet playing as Neptune 
takes on Rowdy Ron as Najamai. And from what I understand was a standard singles match that went to crowd meter one with the winner of the grudge match, the current LFF trios champion, Rowdy Ron. Congratulations to him for his victory. This brings us to Sunday. There was one event Sunday, a Southern Fried Gaming Expo Championship Tournament. 14 players, four Swiss rounds. Afterwards, there was a cut to a top four. The semifinals saw Chugonomics versus Brian Lee and Bob Dunn versus Chris Brimer. With the winners and finalists, Bob Dunn and Chugonomics. So Bob Dunn, playing as the new version of Velvet Assassin, faces Chugonomics playing as Big Daddy Bookter in a main event match. Chugonomics going undefeated into the finals. The finals match ends up going all the way to crowd meter three. And at crowd meter three, the winner of the first ever Southern Fried Gaming Expo Championship Tournament, Bob Dunn playing as Velvet Assassin the competitor based on his wife. Congratulations to Bob Dunn for winning the final tournament of Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I also know that Bob Dunn at some point played for the FCW, the Florida Cardboard Wrestling Championship. I believe he was the champion and defended, and he successfully defended. I don't have any details about that match other than Bob Dunn is the FCW champion, Deep South champion, and the Southern Fried Gaming Expo championship tournament winner. Congratulations to him. That does it for tournaments and matches from the conventions from this weekend. There were a few new releases. They are available on supershowthegame.com. One new competitor set, Mrs. John Polverino. Lauren Pulverino debuts in Super Show the Game as a chef. If you're interested in that, check that out. There were a few other cards that came out as well. Again, those are available on supershowthegame.com. You can pick them up now, or it's quite possible people will play for those on the dojo next Tuesday. That's July 19th as I record this, and you can get them at a discount that night. But they are on sale on the website right now. Speaking of conventions, the general manager of the legendary fighting federation, John Clays, made an appearance on the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe and talked about the Gen Con schedule. Let me give you what he discussed about the Gen Con schedule. Like at Origins, there's going to be a tournament series running three days, starting at 2 p.m. It'll be on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. While they are scheduled for 2 p.m., they did suggest players show up as early as 1.30 for those events. These will be run similar to how they were run at Origins. You get points per win. If you make the top cut, you get points per win in the top cut. The last day of the event will be the Play Pure Tournament. So that is Saturday at 2, 
will be the play pure tournament. No entrances, no spectacles, no skill requirement cards. There are going to be a series of new player events starting at 1 p.m. two days of the convention, Friday and Saturday. And then there will be four big tournaments. Thursday night, replacing the usual Underworld tournament, is going to be a singles tournament called Stipulation Mayhem. This starts at 5 p.m. It will feature nothing but stipulation matches. The general manager did mention that this change from an Underworld to this Stipulation Mayhem format was because of people making the statement that there wasn't a lot of difference between the Underworld and the World Heavyweight Tournament. I know that I have mentioned that in the past. Apparently others have mentioned that too, so we'll just have to see what happens here. But that's going to be Thursday night at 5, Friday night at 5, the Tag Team Tournament, Saturday night at 5, the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, and then Sunday at 11 a.m., the Tornado Tag Team Tournament. All of the events require purchasing a $2 ticket, with one exception. The Stipulation Mayhem Thursday night is a $4 ticket. These are tickets you would buy when you bought your badge for Gen Con. I believe you can go back and add tickets if you need to. You should also be able to buy tickets at Gen Con on site if for some reason you haven't gotten them already and if the events have not sold out. I do not know if they will allow you to use generics. They prefer actual tickets because that helps the numbers look good for Gen Con. It helps them get play space. They always push it's better to buy tickets if possible than to use generics. I have seen some people say you can't use generics this year. You have to use tickets. I don't know if that's true. I will suggest, though, buying tickets if you can, if you want to play in these events. The general manager also gave an update on the current LFF championship picture. Let me run through what he talked about. First, the trios championship. The current champion is Rowdy Ron. I believe he's the champion with the Think Tank, his challenger, Michael Kerr, playing as the elite. I am not sure when this is supposed to happen. I believe it's supposed to happen before Gen Con because I've been told that the winner of this, the next challenger, Kirk Polka, will have his match for the belt at Gen Con if possible. Again, that is an unconfirmed rumor. That has not been announced anywhere, but I have heard unconfirmed that could be the case. The Tornado Tag Team Championship. The current champion is Ryan Pierce. His next challenger is Alec Ventresca. Again, no date and time as to when this will happen. Underworld Championship. The current champion is Kirk Polka. He will have a match defending his championship. At Gen Con, the opponent has not been announced yet. Look for it to be announced closer to, if not at Gen Con itself. Tag Team Championships. We currently have two 
Tag Team Championship belts. The original belts held by Chris Pate and Sean Loeb, Michigan's most dangerous alliance. And the Underworld slash Real Tag Team Championships held by the team originally known as the Jaw Jammers, James Booker and Kid Thunder. Kid Thunder has retired. John Polverino has replaced Kid Thunder in that team. They are going to have a match July 20th. That is next Wednesday after Talk of the Universe defending that championship against Crime Wave's own Wrench Monkey and Jokerfish. That's where we are right now with that Underworld slash Real Tag Team Championship. The original Tag Team Championship will be defended at Gen Con. Friday is the date I'm hearing. The challengers are going to be James Booker and Uncle Bradley, Brad Iyer. So look for that at Gen Con. This sets up a situation where James Booker could hold both tag team championships, albeit with different partners, Uncle Bradley and John Pulverino. But we could see one man holding two LFF Tag Team Championships. We'll have to wait and see. First, James Booker and John Polverino have to get past Wrench Monkey and Jokerfish. Speaking of James Booker, in addition to being one half of the Underworld slash Real Tag Team Champions, James Booker is the current LFF Hardcore Champion. The general manager has announced the following regarding the LFF Hardcore Championship. James Booker, Thursday at Gen Con, will have to defend his championship against a mystery opponent in either a tables, ladders, or steel chain match. The stipulation is going to be chosen on the day. We won't know until Gen Con. If James Booker successfully defends Friday, he will have to defend again against a mystery opponent in one of the three stipulations I just mentioned, tables, ladders, or steel chain. They will randomly choose from the remaining two, meaning Thursday, let's suppose James Booker is placed in a randomly chosen tables stipulation match. If he wins, Friday they will randomly choose between ladders and steel chain. If James Booker successfully defends Friday, Saturday, he will be in the same situation. Mystery opponent and the remaining unchosen stipulation will be selected. So, if Thursday he played tables, if Friday he played steel chain, Saturday he will play in ladder. If he successfully defends on Saturday, James Booker will defend the LFF Hardcore Championship in a tables, ladders, and chains match against a mystery opponent. If James Booker is able to successfully defend four days in a row, he will receive something. We don't know what. But if he is able to run that gauntlet and emerge as the LFF Hardcore Champion, then A, kudos to him. But B, he will receive some sort of, I'm assuming, significant prize for that accomplishment.
This brings us to the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. It's already been announced that on July 21st, this Thursday, the champion Eddie Fury will defend against the challenger Bob Dunn. Bob Dunn getting this shot from winning the Origins Tournament Series. They will defend in person in Las Vegas, Nevada at the MGM Grand. It has also been announced that once that match starts, for the next 24 hours, James Booker cannot cash in his cookie's fortune to either get inserted into the match or get a shot at the winner. James Booker cannot do that. He is prohibited from doing that. As far as future World Heavyweight Championship contenders are concerned, Matt Nealon has been brought up as a potential challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship. The Grump is also currently a challenger, potential future challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship. Because the Grump won five Thursday night fight tournaments in a row, he has been given a shot future shot, date and time to be determined later, unless somebody else can equal his feet. If somebody else, between now and PAX Unplugged, early December, can also win five Thursday night fight tournaments in a row, then that person will get the opportunity, get the shot at the championship instead of the grump. Is that likely? No. But it could happen. It is possible there are a number of months left to see what happens. But the Grump, because of his Thursday night fight success, currently has a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. One last thing that I want to bring up that the general manager talked about on Talk of the Universe was Faction Wars. First, Faction Wars 4. The draft is scheduled to take place September 15th through the 18th, meaning one of those days will be chosen for the draft date. The draft will not be four days long, will not take place over four days. It will happen one of those four days in September. As of right now, from now until August 31st, the general manager will be taking submissions for teams. If you want to have a team in Faction Wars 4, email johnclace at srguniverse.com. Tell him who you are, that you want to be the captain of a team, and give him the name of your team. You do not have to submit in this email who is going to be on your team, just your team name and that you are the captain of the team. Presumably, you will want to have your team set up before you send the email, but maybe you don't. Maybe you send the email saying you're the captain of X team, and that way you reserve your spot and you work out who's going to be in the team later on, but at least your Faction Wars 4 spot is secure. Speaking of Faction Wars... No update on Faction Wars 3. No news, no movement, 
We don't have any new additional data. I'll give it to you when I can. But the last bit of data that we had is from Origins when the higher class won the captain's match over Impact. That's it. No new news. I hope to have Faction Wars news for Faction Wars 3 when I get it. And since we're talking about faction stuff, I do have an update on the Tri-State versus Deep South Region Wars event. In the first round of this event, there were six matches, six singles matches. I have no idea who the competitors involved were. I do know that each captain sent a list of the competitors chosen to a third party. The third party looked at that list. If there were any duplicates, those duplicates got removed from the list. The list was sent back, and the teams had to essentially redraft in those duplicate spots. I don't know if that happened. I just know that was the proposed process. The six matchups end up being in round one. And I'm going to go Tri-State player first and Deep South player second. Matt Barone, the captain versus Practicite the captain. That's the first match. Press 1P versus Kark Polka, match two. Candyman Dan versus The Brain, match three. The Italian Bombada versus Teru the Shogun, match four. Swaggy D versus Paul Trejo as match five. And the final match, Thebes Pinckney versus Ben Shoemaker. The winner here of these matches, the LFF Tri-State sweeps. LFF Tri-State wins every match 6-0 over the Deep South. Congratulations to them. As far as round two is concerned, I know that for LFF Tri-State, Steve Resk is the captain of round two of the LFF Tri-State team in round two. Brian Waitford Schmidt is on the team. Big Match Pete and Chad Gropak are on the team. And the Screaming Danshee is on the team. One spot remains as far as the Deep South is concerned. No idea who is on the team for round two. That's all I have for LFF Tri-State versus Deep South. As far as Midwest Coast versus CCW is concerned, I have nothing new. No updates. For that, I'll give them to you when I can. Next story, Marktoberfest, I believe Marktoberfest 4, is going to be October 15th. That's a Saturday in October. It's going to be at Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio. There are only 48 spots in the tournament. Tickets went on sale on the Recess Games website. Wednesday night, after 10 p.m., after some technical difficulties, they did go on sale. I did not check the website before the show to see if any tickets remain. If you're interested in going, I would suggest you go on the website and purchase your ticket. Last I looked, it was only letting you buy one ticket per transaction so if you're going to try to buy for your family, I know there are some couples, I know there are some parents and children, you're going to have to buy the tickets one at a time 
on the website, but it's the Recess Games website, not Super Show the Game. So go to the Recess Games website, go to events, go to the event calendar, October 15th, find the Marktoberfest event, click it. There will be an option to reserve your seat. Clicking that puts the ticket in your shopping cart. Go to the shopping cart on the website and complete your purchase. That is how you buy the ticket. $30 a ticket. You will receive $10 in store credit for purchasing that ticket, which can be used for any item in the store. Oftentimes, they will have Super Show items available. Cards, payoff packs, mystery boxes. There's other types of gaming supplies there. Games, all types of things. So plenty of things to use your store credit on. That's Marktoberfest 4. BCW will also be running, I believe it's going to be Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. It's the Saturday after Labor Day, so I want to say it's the 10th in September. They're going to be running that event. Tickets currently not available to be purchased last I checked, but look for that in September, the week after Labor Day. The last bit of news that I want to talk about before I get to the online tournaments from this past week. The last match, match number six in round two of the 2021 Create a Competitor competition has wrapped. That was the match of Harvey Luster versus Private Cuddles. I don't know who won. Again, this was a close match. I feel like Private Cuddles may have gotten the edge, but I don't know because last week I thought that the memes dealer may have had the edge. And I can report now that the official winner of match number five was Time Bomb Tim. I was thinking the memes dealer might have had the edge, but Time Bomb Tim wins. Time Bomb Tim joins JAC, Lauren Santiago, Vicious Vic Vandal, and Johnny Korea in round three and again there will be two wild card picks joining those five and the winner of harvey luster versus private cuddles again we will have to see what happens in round three i'm expecting in round three it's going to be the tag round the reason i'm thinking that is because with the time constraints that they want to put on the CCC that they are trying to wrap it up relatively soon. Doing the tag round will allow you to get from eight players to four players in two matches instead of four matches. So I'm thinking it's going to be some sort of tag team format. And I'm guessing they're going to do Facebook tags again, even though I personally think that's a mistake. But I would not be shocked if that happens. And then going on past years, once that's done, you'll have two matchups, and each matchup will try to convince you in round four. They're the matchup that should make the finals. And then those two will square off in the finals. The winner will get to be the next competitor in Super Show the Game from the Create a Competitor competition process. One more thing, and I'm sorry I forgot to mention this. There was one more thing 
Saturday night from Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I apologize for forgetting this. There was a Battle on the Border Border Wars event. Florida versus Georgia. Three rounds. Let me run down the format for those three rounds. And then I will give you the results. I only saw that the final round, round three, was streamed. There were a lot of players. I believe there were 14 players playing in one match in the final round. So it was kind of hard to follow. I can't give you a bunch of details, but I will tell you who won. Here was the format for the event. In round one, there were six players per team plus the captain. Each player had to draft a competitor with one of the six skills as their 10 skills. So you can only have one power 10, one technic 10, so on and so forth. Captains could play who they wanted. That was the draft in round one. Power 10s played power 10s. Tech 10s played tech 10s, so on and so forth. Winners scored one point for their team. If there was a tie at the end of round one, the captains played to break the tie. In round two, they created random tag teams from the six players per side, and then they faced off. Each win scored two points in this round. Captains did not play, but they could coach for their side. And then in round three, there was a lineup card. Seven numbered slots. Each captain put their seven players in the lineup card. Then I believe it was a third party. In this case, it was Leo the Law announced the lineup. They all sat down and played against each other. Seed 1 plays Seed 1. Seed 2 or Spot 2 plays Spot 2. So on and so forth. When a player lost, they were considered to be eliminated from the event. So in round 3, match 1, player A versus player B. If player A wins, player B is eliminated. Player A sticks around because... When one side gets down to two players, it switches from essentially seven singles matches going on simultaneously to a handicap tag team match. If for some reason it ends up as 4-3, then it will go to a handicap tag team match as well. The tag team crowd meter comes in. Bump out rules are in effect if one team has more than three players at the start. The following rules applied during the handicap portion. If one player essentially stops a card targeted against another player, like you are trying to save that player from having a finish hit on them, then the player who plays the stop gets eliminated at the end of the turn. There was a similar mechanic with both tags and breakout rolls. If one player tagged with another player, or if one player made a save roll for another player, at the end of that turn, one of those two players, and they would choose, would be eliminated. Once both sides were down to two players, there were no more handicapped tag team rules. 
It became a standard tag team match. From what I understand, it very quickly got down to a 6-2 matchup. And then I believe Rowdy Ron, I could be wrong on who it is, but somebody from Florida defected to Georgia to make it 5-3. The match continued. In the end, Florida wins the match and ends up winning the entire Battle on the Border event. So congratulations to Florida for winning that event Saturday night. That was a long third match. I don't know how long the other two rounds went, but round three took quite a while, definitely over an hour. And in the end, Florida walks away winning Battle on the Border at Southern Friday Gaming Expo. All right, so let's talk about the events from this past week. I'll start with what I could not finish on Sunday. Sunday, there was a Tornado Tag Team event. This was the event that we earned, a free event that was earned because they met a certain sub-goal on Twitch. I believe that was the case. 32 players, 8 groups, 4 players per group, top 2 from each group advanced into the top cut. So 16 in the top cut. We have in the opening round, Psycho Circus used as the stipulation. In the quarterfinals, the stipulation was special guest referee, General Lee Wong. Everyone got to use General Lee Wong's gimmick in addition to their own. In the semifinals, the Ring of Fire stipulation was used. And in the finals, they used a submission match with the match starting at Crowd Meter 2. The semifinalists in this event were Alec Ventresca as El Super Sons, Kirk Polka as the New Wool Order, the original version, Ricky Riot as the Dangerous Alliance, and Cheshire as Belinda and Nemesis. The finalists were Alec Ventresca as El Super Sons versus Ricky Riot as Michigan's Most Dangerous Alliance. The winner, Ricky Riot as Michigan's Most Dangerous Alliance. Congratulations to him for the victory. Monday night, we had Monday night boss fights. There were 12 players in this event, three groups, four players per group, top two from each group advanced, meaning that the semifinal matches were triad matches. In the first triad match, we had Chris Pate as Big Bad Bobby D versus Loudmouth Leo Larynx as himself versus the Harm City Hitman as the Ultimate Grump. In the second match, we had the SRG Boss as Terror Skull versus Yasmin as Ricky Riot versus Matt Barone as Overdog. Not sure which Overdog with the winners and finalists of those matches being Ricky Riot as Big Bad Bobby D and the SRG Boss as Terrorskull, the winner in a Ring of Fire match, the SRG Boss as Terrorskull. Congratulations to him for winning Monday Night Boss Fights. That brings us to Thursday and to Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. 
There were 18 players in this event. Two groups of five. Two groups of four. Top two from each group advanced. These events have a little more weight to them now because it is known if you can win five in a row, you can get a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. They cut to a top eight in the quarterfinal round. New York rules is the stipulation. In the semifinal round, dark match is the stipulation. And in the finals, Liger's Den is the stipulation. They also have a third place match, also using Liger's Den. The top four in this event are in fourth place, playing as A.R. Fox, a competitor you don't see very often, Alec Ventresca. In third place, playing as the Oracle, James Booker, the finalists, the Grim Librarian as Liger, and Chris Pate as Sammy the Draw Callahan, the winner. Chris Pate as Sammy the Draw Callahan. Congratulations to him. Second event for him this week that he's won. And he is now four consecutive wins away from getting a shot at a World Heavyweight Championship match. That was Thursday. Friday. Friday, Fotista runs a pop-up event. There were 12 players in this event, two groups of six, top two from each group advanced into the top cut. In the semifinal round, all of the matches were played using the New York rules stipulation. And then in the finals match and the third place match, the steel cage stipulation was used. In fourth place, playing as the Nightmare King, was the Nightmare King himself. In third place, playing as the new version of Alien Invader, Jason Forsone. The finalists were the ringleader, playing as A.R. Fox. Again, A.R. Fox. Haven't seen him in forever, and he's in two finals. Against Fotista, playing as the Masked Beetle. The winner here, Fotista. So two events this week have been won by the individuals organizing the tournament. That is unusual, but as we see here, it can and does happen. And then the last tournament I'm aware of is a pop-up tournament hosted by the Cheetah and Le Penguin, the tag team winners from this year's Origins Game Fair. There were 12 players, two groups of six, cutting to a top six. The two people who won their group received a buy in the first round of the top cut. I don't have any more details about the format, but I can give you the results from the pop-up. The two semifinalists in the event were Hold the Line Harry, playing as Hold the Line Harry, and the big guy playing as Mallory the Destroyer. The finalists were Chris Pate playing as Death Machine Sammy Callahan. So a different version of Sammy Callahan. But second time he's made the finals with Sammy Callahan. And Lucky Cat Nico as Luna Hallows. The winner of the Saturday pop-up tournament. Lucky Cat Nico as Luna Hallows. Congratulations to her. 
Congratulations to Chris Pate for making his third finals of the week and almost winning all three. That's going to do it for the tournaments that I'm aware of this week. If one happened to start Sunday, I will give you the results of that next week. As I was recording this, there were a couple of things that happened. First, there was a Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match. A cold match, no lead-in, no promotion. The champions double the fun. Matt Nealon and Funtime Bob, playing as themselves, took on James Booker, the current LFF hardcore and real tag team champion, and the trash man Neil Nealon. In a match that went all the way to Crowdmeter 6, we see the winners and new champions, James Booker and the trash man. Congratulations to them. This does make James Booker a holder of three championship belts, potentially four if he wins this week and wins at Gen Con. That is a lot of championship belts. Normally, in a case when one person holds multiple belts, they are required to have multiple matches. This has not happened in the case of James Booker. We will see if it does now that he has three major LFF championships around his waist. There was also an announcement that the current Midwest Coast singles champion, Uncle Bradley Brad Iyer, will have a match putting his championship on the line next weekend. No announcement about who he will be facing. We'll have to see. Again, not a big fan of no promo time for matches. I hope they announce it soon so we can actually see some build-up to this championship match. And finally, as I have been recording this, there is a Sunday night fights match card taking place. All I know about the match card, all that was announced before the matches started, was that Michael Kerr would be in one of the matches. I don't know if it's one match on the card, two, three. Again, not a fan of cold matches on Sunday Night Fights or anything else, I wish they would give more of a lead-up time to build hype. But that's what's going on. If I can give you the results of the match card before this show is published, you'll hear some static, and then I will give you the results. I'll insert that into the show. And fortunately, I will be able to give you the results from Sunday Night Fights. Before I give you those results, first, listening back to the show, I realized that I did not tell you who James Booker and Neil Nealon used to win the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championships. James Booker played as Flip Smiley. The Trash Man played as the Trash Man. Now, Sunday Night Fights, only one match was going to be on the card. And there was a lot of confusion with this match. The post that I saw on Facebook promoting Sunday Night Fights said Michael Kerr would be in the match. During Sunday Night Fights, there was confusion as to whether or not it was Michael Kerr or the great Kerrhausen. It did not matter because neither one of those two 
showed up to face the mystery opponent. It was going to be one of those two facing a mystery opponent. The mystery opponent ends up being Ant West. That match ends up not happening, though. Michael Kerr or the great Kerrhausen is counted out. They do end up giving an opponent for Ant West. They end up putting him in a match against Loudmouth Leo Larynx. Loudmouth Leo is playing as Master Dosmodius, the Keeper of Prisoners. Ant West is playing as Luna Hallows, using an entirely 8-bit deck. And in a relatively short match, Ant West ends up winning the Sunday Night Fights match because that was the only match on the card. Unfortunate that Michael Kerr could not be there. Outside looking in, with both the late announcement and the advertised participant not showing up, it feels like this was put together at the last minute, which again is why I don't like these things being announced at the last minute. Because there are so many things that would be a great sell. You know, Michael Kerr or the great Kerrhausen against Ant West would be a match I'd like to see. I like both of those participants. Lucky Cat Nico ends up being on commentary with Brian Waitford Schmidt. Lucky Cat Nico is a draw. If this stuff would be advertised in advance so people know that it's going to happen, that would help bring eyeballs to the event. I assumed there wasn't going to be a Sunday Night Fights because Brian Schmidt, who normally runs those, was at Kineticon. So this was a surprise. I feel a lot like there's almost this desire to have a Sunday Night Fights. And so because they want to have the show, they end up just sort of ramming in matches cold at the last minute to try to get the show. I really wish they'd plan them out farther in advance and promote them and build them up and have promos and feuds and build interest. That's just me, though. For now, once again, Sunday Night Fights, one match originally scheduled to be either Michael Kerr or the great Kerrhausen against a mystery opponent. Michael Kerr does not show up. The mystery opponent is revealed to be Ant West. Ant West ends up using Luna Hallows to take on Loudmouth Leo Larynx as Master Dosmodius, the Keeper of Prisoners, and the winner of the sole Sunday Night Fights match at Crowdmeter 1 is Ant West. Congratulations to him. As far as next week is concerned, there are currently no tournaments listed on Supershowthegame.com, but you should expect to see some sort of tournament Monday night, Chibi's Thursday night fights on Thursday, and the dojo on Tuesday night. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.